Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, October 30th. I'm arts and culture writer Alicia Ramirez. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Before we get started on the news, please head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon to back us if you haven't already. You know, this is our last show of October, which is very, very strange to me. I know. In between this... Halloween movies and yes, yes, please. holiday screeners. I really don't know. Oh my god. I have not uh, taken a dive into any holiday screeners yet. I'm not there yet. I'm usually like a really early Christmas season person, general holiday season person, but my sense of time is so skewed. <laughs> That I uh, I don't know when it's gonna begin yet. It'll actually be late, which will mean it will probably be like the second week of November instead of like November first. That's fine. I I think it's all fair game after the first. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that because a lot of people think I'm absolutely mad for starting my Christmas stuff as early as I tend to do. But you know what it is is that I grew up in like cold climate, so it would be uh-huh. there. There would be Uh Halloweens where I'd have to wear a snowsuit underneath my (laughs) Halloween costume. Oh my goodness. So, no sense of time. No sense of time. My whole life, certainly not this year. Yeah. Never heard of that. Cold Halloween. (laughs) Cold Halloween. Snowing Halloween. All right, Ashley. I want to start with the latest in COVID-19 related news, beginning with layoff news from Walt Disney World. Before the pandemic, about 780 equity members were employed at Walt Disney World, either full-time, part-time, or seasonally. About 720 equity member workers have now been laid off. This is part of the sweeping 20,000 staff reduction underway across the company's U.S. parks business. And an announcement tangential to this layoff comes from Actors' Equity President Kate Schindel. I have Schindel's statement here. It says, Our hearts go out to all the cast members at Walt Disney World. Disney has made it clear that our members would face work reductions since they announced layoffs of nearly 28,000 employees. That doesn't make the news any less painful. These reductions are another tragic reminder that until the virus is brought under control with a national strategy for mass testing and contact tracing, everyone who works in the arts needs help like extended pandemic unemployment insurance and federal COBRA health insurance subsidies. Ashley, this is not necessarily surprising, but difficult statistics to hear nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Coming from the news that Actors' Equity has still not gotten more government assistance from its members is frustrating just to put it lightly, we have discussed the need for additional aid every other episode and mm-hmm. nothing changes. Yeah. And to come across news like this only confirms the importance of this aid. Yeah, it's, as you said, frustrating to say the least. Uh, talked about on last or yesterday's show that 
uh, the eight theaters that are suing the state and the city of New York. And Mm -hmm. that's New York where numbers are (laughs) fairly low. Never mind states like Florida or Arizona or other really high risk regions still. Uh, And my thought was the same there that unfortunately we're kind of still in that necessary. This is what has to be done area that we can't really just be opening things up and people can't be working as much as they would like to, as much as we would like them to be working because the government has failed us and (laughs) nothing is under control. This is another one of those situations where both it's necessary and awful and also completely unnecessary because none of this ever had to happen. And also (laughs) Disney executives make so much money that it's infuriating when you see the numbers 720 of 780 people were laid off. Like that, that shouldn't have to happen. Definitely that, not. It, it just, it just shouldn't. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the, uh, California Disney layoffs, which what were 20,000. So again, it's just, it's, <laughs> I, I, the Disney executives took a pay reduction, I think, uh, 15% pay cut or down 50% of their pay. I can't remember. One would be acceptable. The other one wouldn't, but who knows at this point. Uh, but they did it for only a few months and then they're back to their full salaries. And <laughs> now you have 60 equity members left at Walt Disney World. So it's, it's infuriating. It's all, it's just all infuriating all the time. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Now on to our last bit of COVID news. I promise I have better news later on. <laughs> please, please. We have to cover it, but it's just every, every time it's, it's so tiring. <laughs> it just zaps the energy out of me. So I'm glad we always start with COVID news and then we finish with, uh, much better stories usually. All right. So. Given the ongoing impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, Lincoln Center will cancel the remainder of the events in the 2020-21 Great Performer Series and 2020-21 David Rubenstein Atrium season, as well as the annual American Songbook Series. Previously announced concerts in the Great Performer Series are now canceled through May 9th, 2021. The news comes following the cancellation of the Metropolitan Opera, the New York City Opera Ballet, Jazz at Lincoln Center, and the New York Philharmonic's 2020-2021 season, and of course, the announcement that Broadway would be shut down until at least... May twenty twenty one. At least a very the, the fact uh, the fact that the Met is closed until September that's it's a very large at least for May for all of these concerts. I, I concerts maybe less so because I still think they could do um, like what New York City Center is doing with their gala with Audrey McDonald. Mm-hmm. 
recording it live from the stage and still streaming things digitally. I think there are ways. Once we get into the summer months, we can see outdoor concerts. Obviously, part of it, which makes everything more and more difficult, is that so much of this is lining up with the winter months. So mm-hmm. there's not really the opportunity to do stuff outdoors in any kind of way, whether it's a screening or an actual performance outdoors. Very disappointing. I love the Great Performer series and the American Songbook series especially, but once again, it's it's the thing that needs to be done. Doesn't make it anything any less painful, but it's the thing that needs to be done. For sure. I agree with you there, Ashley. Let's move on to a much different type of story. The University of Pittsburgh has acquired the literary archive of August Wilson. Of course, we know that August Wilson was a masterful storyteller and Pittsburgh native who wrote about the struggle of black people in America. All but one of his plays were set in his hometown. All 10 of his plays were produced on Broadway and three were made into films. So far, so far, because Denzel Washington is on a one-man mission. All right. If he ever needs assistance, <laughs> hey, Denzel, get in touch. Listen, today on Broadway <laughs> Listener, Denzel Washington, give Alicia a call. <laughs> well, I just want to make the world a richer place. <laughs> Highlights of this archive, and from what I read, it's a 450-box acquisition. Jeez. Include... Several hundreds of writing tablets and notebooks that have drafts of dialogue, poetry, artwork, and other writing. There are also drafts of scripts and correspondence with friends and collaborators. This exhibition is set to open in early 2021. But Mm. if I may say, if you want to open in early 2021, you better get a move on with those 450 boxes. That's a lot of work. I'm sure, you know, people, you've got archivists going through things basically around the clock, but also uh, the archive, the 450 box of stuff was probably, probably even fairly whittled down. I, I bet there was even more at some point, but that is just incredible. That's worth the trip. I haven't been to Pittsburgh in a while, but I will make that trip to Pittsburgh. I've never been, so we should get together. There we go. <laughs> Road trip to Pittsburgh <laughs> in early 2021 to go see August Wilson's 450 boxes of stuff. Cool. In other news, Deadline reported yesterday that Tony Winner, and my personal favorite, Laura Benanti will join the Gossip Girl reboot on HBO Max. This new iteration of Gossip Girl will reflect how New York City and social media have changed since the series finale in 2012. But I have to admit something, Ashley. Mm. I was not a fan of this series when it was in its heyday. I was not. (laughs) Uh, Not my cup of tea. I'll put it that way. I agree with you there. But Broadway favorites like Tabby Gevinson, Jason Gatai, and Adam Chandler Barat will be in the show with Laura, so I think I have to give it a shot. That's not bad. Yeah. I I'll watch I'll I'll check it out. I'll watch clips at the very least. How about that? I think that's a good plan. There we go. Yeah, why not? I also want to touch on the fact that Laura's casting continues her relationship with HBO Max. 
She will executive produce a scripted special inspired by her Sunshine Songs initiative for HBO Max. And Ashley, I'm sure you know, but in case anyone needs a refresher, here you go. His concerns about COVID-19 grew in March, and spring musicals and senior showcases were canceled. Laura offered a platform for all these students to share their talents, and she asked them to record themselves singing a song from that canceled show, and she shared it on social media. And Broadway stars like mm-hmm. Lee Manuel Miranda got in on the fun, and the performances went viral. She's the best. I just adore her. Uh, I I completely forgot Sunshine Songs was happening with HBO Max, which is very, very cool. Finally, in this section, Daniel Day Kim's 3AD, along with the New York Theatre Workshop, will present a benefit reading of Margaret Vanderberg's Belly of the Beast on November 1st. Directed by Lisa Roth, the reading of the politically charged drama will feature Kim, Joel de la Fuente, Carrie Preston, Tamlin Tamira, and Antonia Thomas. So, the play, according to Kim, and I quote, takes a very specific event, the current presidential campaign, and takes a hard look at how certain practices pose an immediate threat to democracy in digital age. This reading will benefit the Creative Coalition. Mm. Yeah, significantly more excited about that than I am the actual election. So that's good. Thanks, Daniel Dickens. That makes two of us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that really great cast. And I will see anything by New York Theater, presented by New York Theater Workshop. I just love them so much. Of course, in any way we can support them. Why not? Yes, indeed. Yes. If this would have been on November 3rd, I would have declined. But November 1st is still for fair game. I mean, I probably still would have watched if it was on election night. I'm going to need... I'm going to need a very big distraction. <laughs> I'm uh, my plan is and I've talked about it with Matt that I'm going to I'm going upstate all of next week and I'm just we're planning on doing the what the constitution means to me American utopia double header and then just suffering the rest of the night, I guess. I approve of that double header. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Anything for a distraction. All right, Ashley, I have two recommendations, and the first one came out yesterday via the New York Times. It's an only-in-2020 kind of story about donors that will keep the Barrington stage and the Berkshire Theatre Group afloat for a couple more months next year. For the story, Michael Paulson talks to the donors, offers their backstories, and, of course discloses how much they gave to each theater. This, to me, definitely has some The Fantastics vibes. <laughs> where they- <laughs> Yeah, you remember that story? That thanks to oh, yeah. two of anonymous don- donors, the show didn't close when it was supposed to? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it, it reminds me of that. So if you have the means to help our struggling industry, good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Spread, spread the wealth, please. For sure. And the other recommendation I have comes from Playbill. This is a video of Tony winner Brian Stokes Mitchell singing Make Them Hear You from Ragtime. 
This video is a tribute to American heroes like Booker T. Washington, as well as leaders, artists, and activists like Sojourner Truth, Dr. Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, the Tuskegee Airmen, Langston Hughes, Nina Simone, Congressman John Lewis, and many more. Mm, very lovely. I, I'll watch any video of Brian Stokes Mitchell singing make them hear you but anything ever for that matter i wonder if he's still singing out his window like he did at the beginning of the pandemic that would be very lovely i was gonna ask you the same thing i <laughs> precisely i i was gonna ask if you ever saw that video but i guess you did oh yeah oh yeah there are several of them too he was doing it for a while uh at the seven o'clock applause mm -hmm. for at least first couple weeks or so um but equity probably stepped in or something <laughs> make, I, make sure you got paid yeah i wouldn't doubt it of course the link to that video and everything we've talked about today will be in the show notes that is all we have time for today so thanks for listening to today on broadway Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AbramiraScar31. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. Don't forget to back us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Broadway Radio and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Mm -hmm.